The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. This all right? Too loud? Am I all right? Am I okay now? Good evening, and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your, go- your host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as my guest this evening, Joe Levine. Thank and you. before we get into Joe's uh, activities and reason why he's here tonight, uh, I'd like to make a couple of uh, announcements uh, to give you an opportunity for one thing. Um, this past week in the in the Observer or in, uh, on the Advocate, they indicated that the, the city council was seeking people to be uh, considered from appointing appointing them to the Community Preservation Committee, which is a which is a fairly new group, very very important. It has to do with um, a portion of, of the revenue that the city has made a, has available to them from uh, the meals that you eat in restaurants, that money at the local level is used to, um, to be spent and, and um, by this group is called the Community Preservation Committee. And if you think you might be interested, then contact your counselor and uh, if they haven't as yet filled the appointment, which they may not because they're, they're really kind of in, in recess for the summer, um, for someone who likes to get involved in Community activities. This community preservation committee would be a a good a good slot, and particularly if you have any interest in historical sites within the community or some of the other uh, groups that uh, make application for the money that's made available. That's number one. Uh, Secondly, um, this the city of Malden Live. The meeting is tomorrow, so it'll for those of you watching tonight. This is the. This is the Mayor Christensen does a, a City of Marlin meeting. It's going to be this Thursday. It's from six to seven o'clock, and it'll be it'll be shown on Facebook live on the City of Marlin official Facebook page. So it'll give you a chance to see what's going on in the community, what's what's happening, and what's going to happen. And uh, the final one, I uh, give a plug to our uh, neighboring community of Melrose, the Melrose Club Two Hundred have plans for Foxwood Casino trip on the 10th of September. And uh, it's kind of interesting. I know we now have a casino right next door in Everett, but if you're someone that wants to take a ride, maybe spend the time uh, at Foxwood, or if you you want to compare Foxwood with Everett, if you haven't been to either place or you've been to one and not the other, then uh, this one here in Melrose is on 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 the 10th of September. Um, they, and the phone number is 781-665-5058. Um, the, the cost to, to make the trip on the bus 
is $35, but then in, you get a $10 food credit and a $25 in free slot play. So you're really getting your $35 back. And they they leave the casino uh, from they get to the casino from around eleven in the morning and they stay till just before five and so you'll be home um, by seven o'clock. Anyway, that's September tenth. It's it's the Melrose Club two hundred and uh, you better book early because in spite of Encore being in Everett, that uh, there are still people that like to go to Foxwood and maybe find out that they do better there than they do in other places, so they want like to go back and leave the drive into somebody else. Anyway, uh, as I mentioned, Joe Levine, who's the recreational director, is my guest this evening. And um, uh, Joe, how long have you been doing this uh, job, career? Career. I've been with the city for 15 years, and I've been with the recreation director for seven. Yeah. And what kind of programs are you involved in? We're from soup to nuts, uh, between volleyball and basketball, tennis, uh, gymnastics, uh, wrestling, softball. We do a number of things. Um, it started off with basketball. That was the big thing around Was there. that the neighborhood basketball? Actually, it was something that we started 25 years ago with a bunch of men and women uh, who had daughters. And there was no basketball for girls at that time, probably the mid-'90s. And uh, we came up with what you call Malden Girls Youth Basketball. And um, it mushroomed into a giant organization where we had 275 girls playing on a Saturday morning. So we carried that on for about 25 years. and um, It's still in effect? It's still in effect, but we incorporated with boys basketball. So now we call it Malden Youth Basketball. So we kind of do just about all basketball in the city except for like the Neighborhood Basketball League and things That's like that. That's a separate program. It's a separate program. Yeah. Well, when you say boys, what are the, uh, do the boys also have a pro comparable program be even before uh, now? Yes, the boys had travel programs and then they had an in-city league also. Uh, but the people that were doing it at the time, their children grow, grew older, they aged out, and the men and women that ran it didn't want to do it anymore, so they passed it on to us. Um, fast forward 2012, um, the mayor thought we did a great job. This wasn't affiliated with the city. I wasn't working for the city at the time. Uh, the mayor thought I did a good job doing that, and he said, you know, let's see if we could install or put in place a recreation director with, with those kind of skills. So. It just snow, snowballed after that uh, between basketball. Is the petition on, uh, on the part of the boys as, as high as the girls as strong? Yes, it is. Uh, I always say this to everybody. If you roll a basketball onto a court, you'll get 500 boys to play. Yeah. It's a little different with girls. You know, you, you have to make sure you find them and, you know, send out those, uh, you know, invitations, the emails, and, and make sure you get girls to play. But, you know, we find them. Um, Right now, we're uh, in the middle of forming a uh, inner city ba middle school basketball league for girls. So we, um, that's going to be starting soon. Uh, well, that suggests that maybe the ones that are involved in the program now are older than middle school? Yes. What are their age group? So what we do is kindergarten to fourth grade, we do co-ed basketball. So the, the boys and the girls play together. Once they reach the fifth grade, we separate them. So the fifth and sixth grade boys play together, and the fifth through eighth grade girls play together. Um, with the boys in the wintertime, we end up with six teams. With the girls, we might have four teams. Um, and, you know, as they get older, they go on to either travel basketball or to high school basketball. 
Yeah. Now the travel is an extension of your program. Yeah, we we um, we we don't do much travel except for the public school program that I'm involved with with the with the athletic director. Um, in the winter time, we have a boys team and a girls team, and we travel uh, to different cities and play mm -hmm. games. Now, in your experience since since you've been involved in it, have some of these youngsters ended up maybe qualifying and playing varsity basketball in high school? Yes, a lot of them have. A lot mm -hmm. of them have gone on to play college basketball. Um, you know, we, we, we had a boy in our basketball program. I'm sure you heard of him, Brano Giacomini. He played basketball with us, six foot seven. Thought he was a point guard, but uh, he, he did all right. He, he turned, into foot, turned into a football player. And uh, as everyone knows, he had a pretty good career in the NFL. Yeah. But uh, he was one of our kids as a seventh grader. He wasn't six foot seven then, was he? He was about six foot four. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> well, he had an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, now, you mentioned some other programs you have. What are some of the other ones that you... Well, uh, we'll finish up with basketball. I do, we do a lot of basketball. We just finished a league called the Max Singleton Basketball League. It's our, in our third year. That's a well-known name in Walden. Absolutely, and, and it's well-deserved to have yeah. that name. It's six, seventh, eighth grade boys, and uh, it's held at Green Street Park in the summertime. And what we do is we have six Malden policemen as our coaches. And um, we play three games a night. We have six teams. We have about 75 kids who play. And it's a great atmosphere to be outside watching basketball games. That just ended last Tuesday with the Mayors crossovers winning the championship for the second year in a row. Uh, that just ended. And who refereed, the mayor? <laughs> well, we, have, we have a couple of uh, referees that we use in the course of the year. <laughs> now, the, the interest, how do the, the police uh, get chosen as the coaches? Well, uh, I work with the resource officer there, Trent Hadley, and a couple other, uh, uh, Sergeant uh, Kelly. I've and seen their picture in the paper. I think they may be recently with the... Uh, was that for the basketball? Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. It, actually, that was our three-on-three -three basketball tournament that we ran um, on the 3rd of July at Green Street and then on the 4th of July at Devil Park. Okay. Um, the 3rd of July was called the Chopper three-on-three basketball tournament. That was for 5th through 8th grade, 5th through 8th graders. And uh, on the next day, on the 4th of July, we had the Greg Lucy three-on-three basketball tournament for high school kids. So oh. we had the police and the firemen come down, they, they were our, called our court monitors. They're more or less like referees, but uh, they helped us out uh, those two days, and uh, it was pretty good. Well, I'm going to give you a family secret. Um, I asked my son Greg um, before the holiday if he was going to visit the parks. I was a little bit facetious because he's passed a point where he was campaigning, but he, he said that uh, – uh, he planned to stop by Devil for the three-on-three. Three. He didn't tell me it was in his name. Yes, he's a modest man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, how many years have you had that running? That this, program? I believe, this is our fifth year. And his mayor's only won it twice. Oh, the Max Singleton League. It's our third year. Oh. And the uh, and uh, the mayor's team won twice. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So now you got basketball. What other programs do you do? Uh, we do gymnastics, and we do that for four seasons. Uh, we do tennis, and we do that for four seasons. We, we kind of run four eight-week programs. Uh, we try to get the spring, summer, winter, and fall uh, covered. And um, we do volleyball for three seasons. And we do uh, a lot of fun stuff. Um, volleyball, tennis, gymnastics, wrestling. You know, we've taken over a couple of programs where, again, parents or people that were running it, 
their son on their children aren't participating anymore, and they said, "Can you take it over?" And the city of Malden, with through the recreation department, we've 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 uh, taken them over. We do girls softball. Oh, okay. uh, this is our fourth year doing girls softball, um, and you know we're up to um, I think we have six teams uh, that play in the springtime. And what age group is that? And that's from kindergarten all the way up to 14 years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, when they have these programs, um, are the registration fees or how is it supported financially? So what we do is is we have a website, maldenrec.com, and every season we post all our new programs. And as a parent, you could go onto the menu and say, okay, wrestling, pull it up, and you could register your child and what online. And is that? Uh, the wrestling goes kindergarten to eighth grade. Oh, interest. Okay. Yes, and we do that at Malden High School, and you could register online. You could pay um, with a credit card. Yeah. And uh, it works great that way. Yeah. Um, you and know. How many? How many would you have participate in the wrestling program? Wrestling, we have about between twenty-five and forty-five. Certain years, it, yeah. it varies. Okay. And and um, the other sports, the softball or the or the soccer or whatever. Um, are the, are the registration fees for those? Yes, the uh, minimal fees. We, right. we we charge really, you know, for instance, the Max Singleton Basketball League was $20 to participate. Yeah. Uh, and a, another basketball league that I didn't mention was the Al Lock Basketball League. Um, that's been around for 79 years. Yeah. And Recreation Department took that over, and uh, we charged $40 to participate in that. Yeah. So, you know. Do, do they do any canning? No, we don't do any canning. Do we that. use the money that you know um, we're we're given through the city, and we have some kind people that donate some money to the recreation department. Yeah, you, you mentioned the website that that's when you're seeking funding sources from people in the in the public. No, we really don't seek funding from the public. Uh, you know, we do an adult women's softball league, and we do have sponsors for them: uh, Mystic Station, the Dark Side, uh, Brady Roofing, um, ABH is a great sponsor for us. Um, uh, frescoes. They donate some money. It helps pay for the girl, the women, the women's um, uniforms, balls, and things like that. And these are all. We have eight teams in this softball league. Oh, you and do. We have eight. And, and, and adult, what's the ages? And we go from 19 to to 69. You know, okay, we we yeah. go. We it's adult women, and a lot of these young ladies are girls that that played softball. Back in you know the mid 2000s, and now they're a little older with families, children, husbands, who want to go out on a on a on a weeknight and play a little softball, and uh, have something to to eat afterwards. They used to do that, and they get down to uh, uh, Anthony's and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. As a matter of fact, years ago, the, not that the, the, there was a group there that literally would stay past closing. They would not that they stayed real late, but. There's a closing time. It's fairly early. It might be a little bit later then than it is now, but they would literally have a. I don't know if they had a key to, but they had the. <laughs> they would stick around, and when when they were done, they would leave, and it would be everybody that was connected to the Anthony's was already gone. That does ring a bell. Yeah, oh, it does. <laughs> does ring a bell. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. That's when softball was softball. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, so, so you have eight teams, you said? Eight teams in the Adult Women's League, and it's uh, it's great. We have playoffs at the end of the season, and uh, we pass a trophy around uh, each year. The winning team gets a trophy, yeah. and we put their name on it, and they keep it for a year. Yeah. Well, that sounds impressive. Uh, now, all of these programs require you to be a, a, a Malden resident? Nah, not. 
95 percent of them. I see. Ninety yeah. the softball, the adult women's softball. No, there are some people from other cities. Yeah. Um, and most of our programs are probably 95 percent Malden residents. We do take non-residents, but we charge a little extra yeah. for non-residents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if there's room, we'll take somebody. Yeah. And how do you, uh, other than the website, how do people become aware of these options for their children? Um, it's great now that all the people that have participated in any of our programs, we have their email addresses. So they'll get their information there. We do print flyers uh, for certain seasons, and we pass them out throughout the schools. And um, we do a little advertising in the newspapers, yeah. too. Uh, do you, do you uh, also find that you, you get maybe volunteer sources from... Uh, the parents of the children that since they're going to be there anyway or they might help out well this is this is great i'm glad you mentioned that i have the best volunteers i have to say that um i work with a lot of high school students and um we run a saturday morning basketball program with over 250 kids and i get about is that a clinic it's a basketball league oh league. it's a, okay. it's a basketball league yeah. kindergarten through sixth grade all day yeah. on saturday yeah. and i probably have 30 high school volunteers that come in throughout the morning to volunteer their time. And they're great kids, they're great role models, and, and they add a lot to the program. Yeah, now, you mentioned um, a former six foot seven basketball player when he was 14 years of age. Is that the, is that the uh, uh, athlete who has the clinic here in, in the yes, in that's, Trill Street? Yes, that's Breno Giacometti. Yes. 10-year NFL career, uh, finished up with the uh, oh, no, Oakland yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Um, in Cincinnati, one time I think he yeah. was with Giants. Oh, please, no, he was with. He started off with Green Bay, and then he went to um, Seattle, where he won a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> then to the New York Jets, and then to the Texans, and I believe he finished with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, comes back every year with the uh, with the Louisville teammate Gary Barnage, and they do a, a free football camp for kids ages kindergarten to high school. And that's at Pearl Street at McDonald Stadium. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's great. That, He's been doing it for about eight to ten years. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the turnout, large turnout. Yeah. Large turnout. Yeah. And where do he get? Where does he get the support to help kind of separate the kids out and put them in groups? And he all? has some high school, uh, some some high school men that he played football with. He brings them down. Some high school coaches come down to help out, and uh, he makes it work that way. Yeah. Where was his college? He went to the University of Louisville. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, um, you know, last month when I did my show, there's a there's a public school uh, food program. You know, meals. Is that part of your program? No, that's oh, not either. part of our program. No. I see. Okay, well, no. I won't bring that up. Then. Okay, thank you. Look for lunch <laughs> for tomorrow. <laughs> that's a good question. I'm surprised because I, when, I, when I saw that, I said, gee, that must be uh, – Joe, in some fashion, might, must be coordinating that. No, we're not there yet, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, how many years have you been doing this? Seven years as the Seven. recreation director. In what way have there been some kind of changes um, in terms of the – are the kids really the same kind of kids now as they were then? Are they? Uh, I gotta say they are. Kids yeah. are kids, and you know it's yeah. just how we treat them. And you yeah. know, what worked 20 years ago for a kid doesn't work today. Yeah. You know, so you change your methods. Yeah. You know, coaching wise. You know, yeah. it, it's it. Kids are kids. Yeah. And the kids 20 years ago are the same kids today. Yeah. 
Uh, years ago, and this goes back quite a way, um, and uh, I remember dealing with Barbara Tundy, who was really responsible for arranging schedules for uh, the parks. And uh, baseball at that time was much more in vogue than it is now. As a matter of fact, um, at that time, there were, four, there were four leagues in Marlin. Each league had a major league uh, division. They had a minor league division. And and then, of course, the kids that really were into into the baseball, after they were 12, they would go into the, the next level, which was the Babe Ruth League, yeah. 12 to 15, 13 to 15. And then some of them would even maybe play Legion ball after yeah. that. And now, um, whether it's the hockey program that's uh, or, the, or the baseball, it's really you don't have the interest on the part of the kids. I think they're down to one one league in Malden now, and the number of teams uh, are really down. The reason I bring that up because at that time soccer started to be popular. This is years going by, and it became a real issue of where do you find the space to accommodate all these baseball groups at the same time you have kids that are, are, are veered off in a different direction than doing the soccer, and it ended up there was sometimes there were serious issues to find uh, parks to play and, and yeah. give out permits. Yeah. Now. You're, you're running off a lot of different programs. Do you find the park situation? I mean, you got soccer, but you also got other kinds of programs that are using the parks too. Yeah. So one well, of basketball separate from so that. So we do a lot of that indoors. Yeah. One of our one of our tasks are issuing park permits, and just like you said, it's a juggling act. Yeah. In each season, it's a juggling act. Um, Mr. Rotundi was, was, was kind enough to, to teach me what he knew about the parks and who uses what parks and, and all that stuff. So right now we took it from Mr. Rotundi and we're, we're doing park permits with our computer. Yeah. So nowadays you could go on to Maldirect.com and you go up to a certain park and find out what's going on at that park at that day. Yeah. Um, back to your question, it is difficult. Um, it's seasonal. And what we do is we try to find the season that it is. So it's baseball season. We try and give priority to baseball in the spring. In lacrosse, it's in the spring. We're trying to give them priority. And then in the fall, there's the other sports. There's the soccer. We don't use up a whole lot of space with our programs. A lot of them are indoors. And we use McDonald's Stadium for, for other things. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is, it's a juggling act. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's an interesting thing cause, because you mentioned like soccer became popular. Oh, yeah. That became a problem. Oh, yeah. But now the other sports you just mentioned, that also is, uh, yeah. that's an organized sport not only in the school system, but it's outside. And, of course, you've got uh, girls, a lot of girls participate in that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're fine-tuning it, trying to give everybody enough space to make everybody happy. Not, you don't always make everybody happy, but you do your best. Yeah. Um, aside from what you're doing, you, you kind of remind me: Have they resolved the situation with the, the park at the at the, uh, the school on Salem Street? I don't know if they finalized that yet enough, because that was going to make available some options as far as uh, for t- organized sports. As far as I it's know, not, it's not your deal. It's but I not mean, my deal. Yeah, yeah, you know. But as far as I that know, no win situation. I think. No, it's <laughs> going to be a turf field eventually, and. Um, I think it'll be great for the city of Malden. It will open up a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, it's a the field has lights, and you could use it till ten o'clock at night, yeah. and it'll be turfed. And if it rains, and it stops raining that day, you could use it that night. Yeah, that was a big selling point. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It will really help, you know, and and it'll also help the parks that are grass. It'll give them a chance to come offline. Yeah. 
reseed them, sod them, do what you have to do to them, shut them down for a year, watch them grow, and then go back to them and then shut down another park. I yeah. think it'll be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show about the skateboard park. Maybe kind of uh, give us a little background on that, although you're not directly involved. No, I'm not directly involved. Again, we issued the permits, and we've had two or three skateboard organizations inquire about permits where they'll come in, they'll demonstrate, they'll... Uh, you know, sell their wares, you know, T-shirts, skateboards, um, and just, you know, do some charity stuff, run a charity event there. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's always busy. Well, um, I, because I live near there, and, and uh, regardless of the time of year, you, in, fact, in fact, sometimes I see kids during the school day, and I say, well, they look too old to be out of school, but why are they here and not in school? Yeah. Unless they're sick, when, when, if that's the case, well, they should be. Uh, they get many calls for... Um, I, I'm one of my grandchildren, I think, uh, as a skateboarder, I think he ended up uh, breaking his wrist twice. Did he get, did he get any call to that stuff? No, not, no. Really? We don't get any calls for that. Um, a lot of the programs that we run will... Well, I was thinking of skateboarding, not like... Yeah, no, 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 I haven't got anything about that. Yeah, because no. you're not directly involved in that, no, no. fortunately. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did, I didn't overlook it, but I was uh, talking to Joe... Uh, just as a further kind of an extension, uh, uh, being a, he's an Edgeworth guy anyway, but uh, St. Rocco's is coming up the, the August 9th. It's a three-day event, it's, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, now, are they doing the Grease Pole this year? Yes, they'll be doing the Grease Pole this year. This is the second year back. They, did it, they did it last year unsuccessfully, but they're going to try it again. They, they, they have come up with a game plan, oh. and uh, hopefully they'll get that sausage at the top of the tree, and uh, you know it'll be a good weekend. Yeah, I um, what reminded of it, uh, there was uh, uh, some, some exp- uh, uh, news stories. About a month ago, Gloucester has a program that's um, been in place for many years, and, and that was... Uh, uh, also has the grease pole, yeah. And uh, the, 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 I think the winners were repeaters. Now, uh, if you saw it, it goes into the ocean. Oh, it does. And you walk across to try and grab it, and oh. then if you fail, you go into the water. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Do, oh, yeah. I saw that on the news a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I thought it was yeah. straight up with the one ahead. Yeah, down it goes right out there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, now. The uh, programs, have we added any since you became uh, a d- director? Say that again? Uh, you have added programs in this, within the city uh, schedule since you became director? Uh, yeah. Just taken over the ones that... Uh, we've taken over a couple that have already existed, but then we've added, we've added a few. We've added that volleyball yeah. uh, that's getting bigger and bigger. And how many um, do you have participated in that? For the three seasons, we probably average about 35 I see. kids per session. Yeah, and that again is run by high school. High school is from the Malden High volleyball team, who volunteered their time to run that program. Oh yeah, yeah. And what age group is that? They'll, those kids are fifth through eighth graders that participate. And are and they just the, girls and boys? Or? Yeah, we we go boys and girls. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now th- that would be one program where you'd have to use schools for. Uh... Yeah, I, you know. My office is out of McDonald Stadium, and I look at the big field all the time, and I see all the things that we could do. So we have added a volleyball court to McDonald Stadium in the in the south end zone, yeah. and uh, I want that to get used a little bit more. And we uh, we added a couple of portable baskets down there also. So you know, if Dad wanted to take his uh, daughter or Mom wanted to take her daughter down to shoot some baskets, it's there. 
Yeah. So, you know, we do, we want more activity at the park. Yeah. Um, you, you, um, which uh, I know it's not part of your age, but you were doing some coaching at the high school for basketball. Yes, yes. You were I, assistant coach and head coach. Yes. Yeah. That was a, it was a great time. It was um, probably 1999. Uh, Dana Brown had just taken over the Malden High School girls varsity job, and I became the assistant there for uh, for three years, and then he became the principal, and we reversed roles. Yeah. Uh, I became the head coach, and he became the assistant for a few yeah. years. Yeah. We had some success, a couple of GBL titles. Really? Um, sent yeah. a few girls off to college. Um, uh, we had a 1,000-point scorer in Lydia Coverdale. We had a lot of um, GBL All-Stars. Uh, we had some battles with Somerville, uh, Peabody, and that's when the GBL was nine teams. And there was never a night off. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a great time, uh, and that's when girls basketball in the city was really booming. Yeah, is it kind of peaked peaked and uh, at this point? Uh, yeah, it is. But we don't stop trying to get them to play yeah, again. Yeah. Um, it'll happen again eventually. I think this is a down few years, but once we get the girls to stop playing, they'll like the game, and you know that's part of our our, our mission with the recreation department. We want to build that building block to get them to like the sport before they get into the competitive part. Yeah. So once you like it, you're yeah. going to want to be there. So that's what we're working on. Yeah. The um I, I think sometimes you see that in my mind hockey because this year the Bruins you know when they got towards the end there was a lot of enthusiasm and optimism that they were going to win. Unfortunately, they lost the last game in in the Stanley Cup. But um, even in people that are involved in other sports, we'll oftentimes say that hockey fans are the best fans and the, the strongest fans. But I think for the most part, um, if you if you interview people that are hockey fans, uh, maybe not women necessarily, uh, but they played it, or at least they were involved in it to some degree. It isn't a sport that you, I think, you would tend to get emotionally involved unless you involved yourself in it as a as an active participant. Yeah. And I think the youth programs that you're talking about, the, the result is the same. Uh, um, probably of any of the major sports, uh, in, in a lot of ways, baseball's got the biggest problem. And number one, kids don't play it as much as they did. And the games are too long, and younger right. people right. aren't used to sitting around right. with all that downtime. Yeah. Now, I didn't catch the, uh, I didn't expect to talk about it tonight, but apparently with the Red Sox today, they started earlier because it's uh, they were going to get home. Get home. It get ended up there was a twenty-three, uh, three, twenty-three minute delay, interrupted by a rule interpretation, and that's amazing. So, you know, I got home tonight, and, and my daughter came home afterwards, Dorothy, and she said, "Hey, did you hear about the Red Sox game?" I said, "What about it?" And she proceeded to tell me everything that was going on, and now I got a better idea. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't yeah. listen to it or watch it. Uh, pretty interesting. Well, it, um, so there's a protest right now. It is, but the um, the other team scored the runs in the early sixth inning or fifth inning, uh-huh. and um, the incident happened, I guess, in the eighth inning. So the if uh, what the news of, uh, people said tonight, and when I was catching it before I came here, was should they prevail? And it, it's amazing to think that with the hookup they have with New York, which is the headquarters of Major yeah. League Sports, that. Um, they could have a tw- people's twiddling the thumbs for twenty three minutes. They sure, they sure must have got a lot of commercials to listen to. But anyway, um, 
it was regarding a designated hitter, what position it was in the lineup, I think. Okay. And that's number one. And they, it took all that time to resolve. So it should have prevailed. Um, it'll end up that um, the uh, they'll, be, they'll finish the game from the eighth inning forward. They'll still be behind the run, but yeah. they'll get another, as they say, the bite at the apple by getting a chance to, to try and do something at, right. at that point. But that made me difficult to do. Uh, I don't, and again, I don't know all the details, but uh, uh, probably <laughs> not many people were watching. Maybe they were spending all their time on the on the Mueller uh, <laughs> thing on TV. That took up the whole day. It did. But anyway, it did. Yeah. Um, do you to, can you envision in the future other programs that you maybe get on the drawing board or might be part of, of, of some future planning? I mean, you seem to touch most of the ones that young people participate in. Well, I'm open for anything. Yeah. So if, if a group of people said, Joe, I think this is a good idea, yeah. and they come up with a plan and they say, you know, we could use this park and this is the game that we want to do and I know kids want to do it, I'll sit down with them and if it works, we'll add it. Yeah. We'll add it, you know, and, and, and we, we'll, we'll, do, we'll try anything. Well, do you have programs for adults? Yes, we do. I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I did too. <laughs> In September... We um, use our indoor facilities, the Salem Wood Gym. We play a game with adults. It's called pickleball. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, okay. It, it, it was it was made famous down in Florida. It's it's part of the tennis family. It's a little slower game. A lot of people who have played tennis their whole lives go to pickleball. Cause Are you talking about slow. table tennis? No, regular tennis, regular um, oh, okay. outdoor ta- uh, game of tennis. And it's a slower game, this pickleball. It's, it's done with badminton court on a badminton court, and it's used uh, these wiffle balls that are a little slower than the regular tennis ball sure in wooden paddles. Yeah. And you play with a partner, and um, we got people from, again, ages 40 to 80 yeah. participating in pickleball on Tuesday night. Uh, we've held a couple of tournaments there. And, and this uh, is where? At the Salem Wood oh, Gym. Salem. Okay. Uh, we have nine courts going at once, and we fill the place. We have up to probably uh, our, our biggest night was 60 adults playing pickleball on a Tuesday night. And they register ahead of time. And, and it's a drop-in. Oh, it is? It's a drop-in. You pay a small fee, and you play for the three hours. Oh. And it's a big sport, and we've held some tournaments there, uh, and it, it's been great. Uh, it's been named uh, – I guess they have their own website, uh, Pickleball, United States Pickleball Association. They have their own website. And on the website, the Salem Woods called the Pickle Dome. The Pickle Dome? Pickle Dome, because it's <laughs> such a large facility yeah, and you yeah. can fit so many. Because most of the places they go to, they hold three courts, four courts, uh, maybe five. But, you know, we could have up to nine courts going at once. And do they, do they require referees? Or? No, it's self-refereed. It's like the old days at the Malden YMCA when you played handball. It's a gentleman's game. Um, if you see the ball out and there's a question, you make the call and you respect the person's call. Yeah. So that is, there's no referees requ- required. And it, do they, p- people play mixed doubles? Yes, they play mixed doubles. They play all men, all women. Yeah. You know, it, it, it varies. You mentioned the numbers. Is that the more recent numbers that have participated? Last, uh, probably the end of our season was, we finished early last year. We finished around the end of October. We had between 45 and 50 come. Oh, so it's in the fall. It's in the fall. We go from the fall to March. Um, We had to stop early last year because of some other things, but we do it for about five or six months. And uh, we get people from all over. And it's good because... 
they get to see the school. They get to see how big it is. The school's in pretty good shape. It's looking pretty good. And um, after the game. Might have a new field. Might have a new field right out there. And then afterwards, again, they'll, they'll go to the dark side. They'll go to Pearl Street Restaurant. They'll go to Mystic Station, you know, all seasons and, um, you know, spend some of their money, you know, in Malden. Yeah. But did you, do you have tournaments? I mean, is We've held t- We've held a tournament for the last four years. Yes, we do have tournaments. Oh, so it's run that long. Yeah, we've had it for about four years now. Oh, okay, and yeah. It, it is growing. Okay, well, that's yeah. interesting because um, I'm inclined to think it'll get bigger. Because that's... Num- well, I know we don't want it too big. No, no, no. That, well, that's a real... <laughs> yeah. success, could, yeah. success could be a problem. Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> as you do it now, uh, you, you see, you, you could do nine... Nine uh, courts, yes. Nine courts. Yes. And... Um, and how long does normally a game take? Uh, between 10 and 15 minutes. Okay. So, so if you have nine courts, you have 36 participants right. at one time. Right. And then once a game ends, we, we have a, a board, a whiteboard up, and you put your name down on there. And when it's your turn to play, your name is on the top of the list. You yeah. move on and play. Yeah. So sometimes the adults, not so they don't act like adults. Yeah. <laughs> it's my turn. No, it's my turn. Yeah. But we, we make it work. Yeah. We make it work. Well, you, you you mentioned that uh, there's been certainly enough um, in the years gone by, not, not only locally, but of course on national television about the, the behavior of, of adults at the at the at the kids' games. That's it, a whole nother show. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any of those problems? We've had our ups and downs, yeah. and uh, we have our good years and bad years. Yeah. And you know, fortunately, knock on knock on wood, this was a good year. <laughs> was last year a bad year? I don't want to say it was a bad year, but it was a not-so-good year. Yeah. Well, for instance. Uh, we've had some incidences where, where, where parents and coaches were a little more vocal than they should have been. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they let their displeasure know, be known to the umpires. Yeah. And the umpires didn't take too kindly to it, and we had some situations there. Yeah. I, um, I, I remember when I was involved in the Little League, uh, a guy that I know very well who's a nice guy, Sometimes a bit emotional, but a really nice guy. His kids were playing in the little league, and uh, he was yelling at the empire, but he was ducking behind a tree. This was at Pine Bank. So, I mean, you'd hear the complaint, and then the look around, and you couldn't see anybody. So, uh, so I, I, but you know, I've seen on TV where uh, parents assault the, you know, they they were the thing on the other day that somebody would harass a. A, a young a young man it was a young it was a boy really who was empiring, yeah, and he, they didn't it. like his ball. And, and that's why it's so hard to get umpires nowadays. Yeah, very difficult to get umpires because nobody wants to take the abuse. It's yeah. not worth the small amount of money that they get. Yeah, to to get harassed for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. and I understand. I I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, we, uh, you don't pass out uh, do's and don'ts for parents uh, to, to, when the kids sign up, do you? We have a code of conduct down at the bottom. Oh, you so do? So when they Good. register, oh, okay. we do have a code of conduct that they, yeah. they, they go by. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know if it works or not, but we've, we've, been, pretty, we've been pretty lucky yeah. um, compared to other cities. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one sometimes uh, the real problem is that it's reflected on the on the on the youth that signs up. So uh, sometimes they're the one that gets the punishment indirectly, yeah. and uh, with a, with a parent that misbehaves or yeah. vocal vocalizes too much. Right. Yeah. And, and like I said at the beginning of the show, it's really not the kids. The yeah. kids are the kids, and they're the same kids as they were 20, 30 years yeah. ago. It's our techniques that that are doing this to the kids to. Yeah. To drive them a little harder, yeah. you know, get them home on the way home. So, yeah. You know, you struck out three times. You should have took that pitch or yeah. things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. 
And we're not all going to, to the University of Texas or to, to Notre Dame or anything yeah, like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So uh, my biggest thing is you got to enjoy the game. Yeah. you got to enjoy whatever sport you play. You, you know, if, if, if that's the last time you play it, you know, have fun doing it. Well, uh, maybe as a contrast, um, you have all these youth programs, and even in, with the controls that you try to implement, there's sometimes problems. And oh, that's yeah. understandable yeah. because com- some people are more competitive yeah. and whatever. But now you got uh, pickleball in, at the Salem Wood. Do you have sometimes issues with the adults? Yeah. Well, other the, than other the, than they said my name is uh, Hell of Yours. They're not. They're not. Uh, never physical. Never <laughs> arguments. It's just people trying to cut the line and, and oh. play before. Oh. I don't need a detail there yet. Yeah. A police detail. So I oh. think we're going to be all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you do, it won't be the volunteers for, for the for the six teams that play basketball. No, you, no, you, no, no. I don't know if you can, I, I don't know if the city can afford details. <laughs> 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 well, anyway, Joe, you know maybe if you would. Uh, Give your telephone number or your website, and, and let's maybe have the people chance that those that are listening, if they have a question or they want to check it, they can find out. Because there are obviously a, a people within the community may not aware of all yeah, these programs. That'd be great. And yeah. again, I take suggestions if if there's something that we want to get going and you think there'll be an interest in it, and um, you have an idea, please. My name is Joe Levine. I'm the recreation director, and. Um, my number at the office is 781-397-7168. And my email address is jlevine at cityofmalden.org. And, uh, you know, I could be, I'm at McDonald Stadium, 32 Pearl Street. Uh, I'm there 8 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. Except Fridays. Uh, except for Fridays. I'm there till 8 at night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it varies. If yeah. there's events going yeah. on, I stick around and, and, yeah. and help with w- the events. Why don't you repeat that one more time? Okay. Um, Joe Levine, 781-397-7168. And my uh, email address is jlevine, L-E-V as in Victor, I-N-E, at cityofmalden.org. I think that I think I got it there. All right, and I'm going to leave you with a wash story. Okay, I'd love to hear it. Well, I was walking yesterday, and I was cutting through um, behind Mall and Catholics down through Stewart's Village, which people do, probably don't even know where that is. But anyway, it's on Broadway, and and uh, I was working my way back to uh, cutting through the projects to go home, and I saw a, a youngster about seven or eight years of age. At least that's what he looks like with an older woman who I presume is his grandmother. And he, uh, the most I could figure out was that um, I think he was going to uh, um, well, maybe a tryout for Pop Warner. Is that possible? Are they? That starts August 1st, I believe. Okay, well, it, anyway, he was down there. It was like after 4 o'clock. And as I talked with him, he ended up uh, indicating that he was, it was nobody in the park because what brings it up he wanted to go to Howard's Park, and I was looking around. I said, well, I could send him up to Eastern Avenue, and he could take a right, and then he could walk down Eastern Avenue to um, across from the, the storage locker place, which mm-hmm. is – I was sending him to Anderson Field. Okay, yeah. For, I don't know what oh. – so – and and uh, he kind of looked at me, and – which, and then I'm deciding, well, maybe I could send him back across the uh, the uh, uh, 
the Stewart's Village and go through the project and get to Anderson Park, thinking it was. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he, he they must have thought I was a, I should be arrested because there was a sign right there. He said, well, "There's a Howard Park." Right here. <laughs> And I, and I, I don't think is is who might think it was as grand spoke English because she didn't understand what was going on, but at least he was sensible enough to realize the sign. In other words, like I said, I was going to send him to a wrong, the wrong park, and I was trying to <laughs> do it in such a way to confuse him. But I can only all you I did was confuse myself. But Joe, thanks very much Mr. for Lucy, coming thank by. You very My much. pleasure. I appreciate and, it. And I think there's probably a lot of youngsters out there of various ages. They they fit the profile of what maybe they should be involved themselves in the in the options that they have here. And there's a lot of them. And yeah. it's a credit to the city that they've done as much as they have. And keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. You're I welcome. appreciate it. Okay. I have. Um, a couple of other things to talk about, but I, one thing I would like to touch on, if I could, um, and uh, this is m really my opinion, which you may agree with or disagree with, but um, I, I originally had a, a show scheduled two weeks ago, and I was planning at that time to talk a little bit about what I'm going to bring up at the moment, and, and that is um, it was at that time that uh, a former mayor, James Conway, had passed away. As a matter of fact, the, the funeral was the day that the show was scheduled, and um, sometimes because of passage of time, the people that have a, a, an effect on the community um, for a lot of different ways, whether it's professionally or business-wise or politically, that um, by the time uh, the time comes, so to speak, there aren't as many people are aware of what they represented to the city in the past. But what my reaction was at, um, and then thinking about it at the time was that in my own life experience here in in the in the in the in government and in politics, there have been three people who I think have made a huge impact on on the direction Malden has taken over the years. Um, one of whom maybe the first one would have been Walter Kelleher, and I, and I'll get back to him maybe as I touch on the other two. Uh, the second one obviously was uh, Jim Conway, who was the mayor along with um, uh, holding other offices. And the third one, I think, that has had an impact politically over the years um, was John McNeil. And um, and this is no respect to, uh, disrespect to uh, Mike Fallon, who served as mayor, but also he was on the school committee, nor does it reflect on, uh, intentionally, on Richard Howard, who served longer than James Conway and as long as Walter Kelleher as mayor. But... He took a different path after uh, leaving office and, and ended up um, over in Winchester's town manager. And, and in some ways, the dynamics of government, I think, have, had changed to some degree when he took office. And, and in some ways, both with John McNeil and uh, Richard, my, my political career was also interwoven because uh, the first time uh, I did not vote for Walter Keller as mayor was the, when Jim Conway ran back in seventy. Five, yes, seventy-five, and um, and there was a lot of different reasons. One of which was that the fact that he at that time was um, a social friend of mine, and and uh, Walter had done some things that had made a big difference here in Malden. But at the same time, 
um, there was a, maybe a time for a change, and, uh, and the timing in politics sometimes determines how successful you are. But because uh, uh, Jim was elected mayor, he was finishing up his term as a state representative, and so that opened up the opportunity to run for state representative, and that was the first time I ran, and uh, I was successful. My problem was, uh, and I don't mean this is about me, but just to try to give you some background information, um, that they had, re- by referendum, the people that decided they wanted less uh, representation in terms of the number of state reps, so they were, the, uh, the constitutional amendment had been passed to change it from 240 members to 160, and that occurred um, the next time um, it, we were, I would have had a run for office, and since they reduced the number of reps. It turns out that Malden was also going to lose one of their reps, so John McNeil and I ran against each other. He was successful and was in office for a long time. But in, in the three people, the reason I, in my view, that um, they represented the, um, in, sense of, in terms of, uh, of um, political, powerful people, they did a lot of things while they had the opportunity. Walter, of course, was the urban renewal and, and, and in Jim's case, longevity was was part of it. More important than that, I think, in his case, he was very much um, had a base of people that were his supporters. And over the years, not too many men, too, not too many drifted away, unless it was age or, or maybe they moved or they were no longer in in the community. So, and in John's case, he he was a power because he served both as a, as a state rep and as a, as a, as a um, uh, city council at the same time, and um, but again, sometimes in politics, um, longevity doesn't give you um, a, a standing in history. No, it doesn't mean that you were productive in terms of what you did. You might have did for yourself and for your friends, but sometimes in terms of what you accomplished, isn't necessarily always tuned into the long, to how long you stayed in office. But I say the serious. One of the things that kind of is interesting is in Walter's case, he stayed on after leaving office in the 70s, and he he, um, he had an impact uh, far beyond Malden. And, and the reason for I mention that is when I was in office in the early 90s, and that was more than 15 years after he had left office, uh, when I went to state municipal meetings, it ended up that uh, when people— knew me from Malden, they would ask me, uh, how's Walter doing? What is, he, is he still in, in the city? And that's kind of a, a reflection on the impact he had far beyond the Malden borders in that uh, people he dealt with uh, at, at towns and cities around the state knew him from those meetings and from other other kinds of situations. And he was still remembered long after he was, no, he was far removed from office and... Uh, so again, I think that suggests that he did a lot when the opportunity he had as being mayor. And um, in, in Jim's case, he was on the school committee as Walter was and as Tom Fallon was before he became mayor. But uh, he also, of course, uh, was on the on the city council before he became mayor. And inter- interesting, I followed him in the state house. And uh, when he finally left office uh, after he was three terms, then he lost an election to Tom Fallon, who stayed two terms and decided not to run the third time. Jim came back, and then he stayed three more terms, and then I replaced him when he left office until I was replaced by 
Richard Howard. But uh, I think um, of the two, um, uh, Jim's loyalty he generated from people who knew him over the years uh, reflected in his longevity. And um, unfortunately, the, the, with John McNeil, who also has since passed away, um, he had an impact politically on the on the community. Uh, unfortunately, um, he also ended up because of the kinds of things he viewed as part of the process, which and the prerogative maybe he ended up uh, uh, being forced from office and, and serving a jail term. But the the story I used to say about John was that um, there was a lot of development going on in Malden at that time, and um, there were a couple. Large developers had a local presence, and I, I used to give the story to people that if he was approached by one of them and said, you know, we think with your connections and with your kind of energy level, you'd be an asset to our, our company, And uh, but what you'd have to do is you'd have to give up politics, and you, but in five years you'll be a millionaire. Um, I'm not so sure he would have agreed to that because in America, if you work hard and you're sometimes a bit lucky, you can be a millionaire, but not everybody can get elected to office. And I think, um, unfortunately, in John's case, in in its own way, um, because of some of the ways he approached things, he ended up having that failure that sometimes happens in, in people that gets involved in government. But that, um, in any event, the time he was active, I think he's, he's one of those three people that I think, to my view, have had the biggest impact in the years um, that I've been involved in government, both as a, uh, a resident and as an active person. And there are people out there that might disagree with me. If they do, um, I'll be happy to talk with them and maybe have them come on the show. If there's more than one or two or three or four, maybe they can give me their viewpoint, which may not be the same as mine. But, again, I wanted to bring that up. And now... Here's something that's even more important, you know, that's, that's the good news and the bad news, and that is that um, divorces are down. That, that, of course, they're down unless you're uh, 55 years or older. And um, uh, in, in, the, in 2017, a, a thousand couples called it quits. And uh, the high point of uh, divorce was back uh, around 1980, and that, at that time, and, and I'm going to give you some numbers, um, uh, for, there were, for every thousand marriages, 22, uh, approximately 22 of them broke up. And you say, well, that's, that's, that's not so bad. But you say, 22, well, that's, um, that's a lot of people. And, of course, uh, if, if now it was a million uh, back then, it was even more than a million because the, the rate has gone down. And but the, the, the interesting thing is, a part of that reasoning is that um, number one, people are getting older uh, before they get married, and that is in a sense give them a chance to season out their relationship so that they don't divorce before they finally call it a breakup. And um, what also surprised me when they put the statistics together, they were based on ages 15 and up. And, you know, that's kind of surprising to me that in this country, that uh, with the way things are looked at in terms of protection of youth uh, and young people, that even at 15 years old, you're still legally possibly to get married, which I find amazing. And obviously, it must require, even in the other states, it must require a, a parental approval. But some of those situations may involve the custodian care rather than a parent. But anyway, they, they base it on ages 15 uh, uh, and up. And 
the largest numbers of uh, divorces are currently among the people that are 15 to 24. And um, um, that, again, is um, a reflection on people that young, um, sometimes not quite sure what the future is, or maybe they have a, a kind of distorted view of what married life is all about. But the, the one thing that's, that's kind of important, and I think that— uh, uh, as as you progress along, when you, even though the, the rates are up for groups beyond 24, the amount of change is not as dramatic as the younger people where it's the, the biggest number of, of separations and divorces. But when you get to someone's, the people 55 to 64, it used to be five. And as I, the figure I gave you before was 22 for young people. Well, five for every 100,000. And now it's up to 15 which is a triple increase in the t- in recent years. And then if you get over 65, which is kind of even more surprising to me because that was un- uh, there was before was less than two uh, uh, for, for that uh, 100,000. Now it's up to five. And uh, maybe uh, a quick ob- observation might be the, the, the reason why 55 and over are showing increases. It's that uh, maybe uh, to some degree, that was, you're at an age then when your children um, have been your focus and, you, and you're getting yourself established in whatever you're doing and that as you as you get older, the children, are you become um, empty nested. Your children are out, out on their own. You're, you, you now have to talk to each other and you may start to realize that some of the things you thought were important part of your life aren't any longer, and all of a sudden you, all of a sudden the marriage that was a long term and, and seemed to be on the surface uh, safe for the future isn't. But anyway, that's the story about divorce. If you're 55 years and older, look in the mirror and check check what you're doing. Uh, one last final thing would be um, the first report came out on um, the Encore, and that is um, – they did a lot of business. Um, they ended up um, getting uh, $17 million in, in a part of the June that they were open for accounting purposes and that the state is looking to get a lot of money for the state gets 25% of the, the, the net revenue. So the state got $4 million. The state's budget this year is looking for $135 million. I think it might be a bit optimistic. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. I appreciate you listening. And if you haven't been to the casino, it's still there and ever. It's easy to get to and a bit kind of confusing in the garage to park in your car. If you don't want to go through that kind of hassle, you want to have someone drive you, go to Merrill's on September 10th and take the bus, the bus to Foxwood. So, again, um, the show will be repeated on Saturday and Sunday of this week. And I hope if you, you missed part of it, you can catch up on the other information we talked about and if uh, you have someone who thinks you might, you might, they might be interested in what we talked about tonight, especially if they have kids in the age group that Joe talked about, have them tune in on Saturday or Sunday. Again, thank you for listening and thank you for your patience and hope to see you the first Wednesday of, of August when I'll do my next show. <laughs>